It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leaseheatac.com. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, joining us now from Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. Hey, Chris, how you doing? You staying sane? I'm staying sane. I'm out and about. Uh... My first day out of quarantine was today, and uh, getting to bounce to practices and see some stuff has been uh, been great. So now that you're out and about, is it pretty cool? You getting to, to see everybody? Everybody just working and getting ready. What's what's it like? Yeah, I mean, you basically have the option going to whatever practices, excuse me, excuse me that you want, um, and you know you can request one-on-one interviews. You can certainly see some things at the end of practice and. Uh, really, it's 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 great. I mean, it's just uh, it's hard to. You know, I haven't gotten to do too much yet in terms of uh, specific interviews with guys and whatnot, but that'll happen in the days to come. But uh, it, it really is great to get this kind of access and and be around these guys. They try to do something that. I mean, look, it's pretty historic. I mean, none of us want to be in this situation, but here we are uh, in a bubble, and um, you know, this is kind of how they're going to finish the season. Have you shotgunned a beer with Myers Leonard yet? I would, I would love to. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, players and coaches and team side is off limits to the media. So the media is kind of quarantined um, in an area of the resort that players and staffers can come to. But there's a, a line that divides it where we can't go uh, where they are. So it's uh, it's uh, it's it's a little restrictive in that sense. But it's it's certainly better than the alternative. I'm sure personally you were happy with the news today, but what does it mean no COVID uh, positives since, what was it, July 13th? That seems uh, really good news to me. Oh, it's, a, it's a great sign. And, you know, given what the NBA's bubble looks like, you know, it's almost hard to see how this can get derailed. I mean, certainly there could be an outside influence brought in. I think things might change when friends and family are allowed in. But for now, you know, this is a, this is a good situation the league so you know the fact that nobody tested positive at that last round is is incredibly encouraging to, to the league officials that i've talked to and you know what i know about these procedures how strict they are you know the daily testing you have to wear masks everywhere you go players included you know it's it really is kind of hard to see how this is going to screw up i mean they're not they start scrimmaging you know against different teams later this week uh, but they've been scrimmaging internally you know so they've been going at it against each other um so I think that's uh, it just all these signs, you know, foreshadow a successful event. What do you think about this wave of positivity around uh, the Portland Trailblazers? I think it was it Austin was it Charles Barkley who picked them to upset the Lakers in the first round? I think it was. I mean, it, but it seems like a lot of people are really high on Portland. Are they too far back to really do some damage? No, I don't. Look, it, it's going to be a challenge making the playoffs. I mean, Memphis is pretty good and. You know, in a play-in situation, they have to win two games off the Grizzlies uh, to get in. So it's not going to be a cakewalk. But if they get there, I mean, that's definitely the team the Lakers don't want to see in the first round. Not saying that they'd win, but when you have you know elite guards in, in what Portland has and really nothing to throw back at them defensively with Avery Bradley and 
most likely Rajon Rondo out of the lineup. I mean, it it creates a, an interesting first uh, first round matchup for a you know situation where in the Eastern Conference it's more likely than not that Milwaukee has just you know basically a walk in the park, whereas the Lakers could wind up with you know an assassin in Damian Lillard, a great all guard in, in CJ McCollum, and two you know new basically new players in Zach Collins and Yusuf Nurkic that weren't there before. So they really are kind of the story of this. Uh, early days in the bubble, like how good can this Trailblazers team be, and you know, can they get into the playoffs? If they do, you know, what kind of damage will they cause? Brent Brown uh, said that he's uh, moving Ben Simmons to power forward, or at least has in practice. What is he trying to accomplish there? Well, I think a lot of it is getting Shake Milton into the lineup. Um, Shake Milton did a great job taking over Ben Simmons in the 16 games he started uh, this season. Uh, shot like 50 percent from three in those 16 games, and. Now that's a weakness in the Philadelphia lineup, three-point shooting. So if you can move Simmons to four, you know, you, his lack of three-point shooting becomes less of a glaring issue. He can clearly defend that position if he needs to. Uh, he's a big guy, so he can handle that workload. Um, and it gives you more spacing out there on the court. I think the question would be, you know, Simmons is still, you know, shooting challenged. Uh, if he is in the paint, uh, what does that do for Joel Embiid? I mean, Embiid can shoot threes, but... You don't want Embiid shooting threes. You want him in the post and offensive rebounding and doing all the things he does so well as an interior player. That's probably the biggest question that has to be answered in Embiid Simmons' front court. Um, because with Embiid now Horford, at least Horford's a threat from beyond the three-point line. Simmons, no matter how many shots you see him making on, you know, on Instagram in practice, is, is just not. Who's the biggest threat to the Bucks in the East? Is it the Sixers or is it Boston? Well, Boston still has the issue of Kemba Walker to resolve. And, you know, every day that Kemba says his knee is still sore has to be concerning, you know, for the Celtics. I mean, he had a knee injury four months ago. It was described as minor and nagging back then. And now here we are four months later, and it still lingers. So that, at this point, with him occasionally missing practice and being limited, uh, you know, that's a, that's an issue that the Celtics have to get past. But if they're fully healthy, I mean, offensively, they're going to score. I mean, they are. And Milwaukee, the, only, the biggest question I have about Milwaukee going into all this is can they shoot – threes at the same level they did before the pandemic hit. I mean, I've said this to you guys before. I think three-point shooting is going to suffer. I think you, you know, it's a perishable skill, and I don't think you're going to get it back right away um, you know, in this uh, truncated season. But if they, if they miss a lot of threes, that opens the door for somebody. And you know, Whether it's Boston or Toronto even, um, you know, somebody I think could have the opportunity to upset the apple cart here and, and get in the finals. Chris, reset your opinion on the Rockets for us. What do you think about this grand experiment of no bigs? Well, I mean, it's it's, it's almost by necessity in some way. I mean, you know, the, the Capella trade you know gutted them of everybody in that front court. You're not going to play Tyson Chandler more than spot duty minutes at that five spot. And look, you're you're forcing teams to play down to you. Um, and and look, if you can even get a small percentage of stops on the other end. I mean, teams are going to have to adapt, and they have to be uncomfortable playing your style of basketball. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, take their five men off the floor, their four men off the floor, and, you know, match up with P.J. Tucker and, you know, some of those small guys out there. So, I look, I, I think it, it certainly lowers their – it lowers their floor a little bit. Like, they could bow out easily in the first round. I'm not sure they would have done that with Clint Capella on that team, but it raised the ceiling. I mean, I didn't think that that team was a – a finals team before that trade. I still don't think so, but it would surprise me a lot less if they made the finals now uh, because uh, you know things can go kind of wi- kind of wacky and 
and and you think it be a team that winds up in the finals. So I'm, I, I think it's probably a, a smart move. I, I just have no idea how it's going to pay off. All right, Chris, I feel like that's such a unique uh, experience down there. I could probably ask you a zillion really dumb questions, but I'm going to limit it to just two dumb questions. One, how is the food? And two, what did you do? What was your go-to activity to pass the time while just chilling alone in your hotel room? Yeah, I mean, the food wasn't great, and it's made worse by the fact that I'm the world's pickiest eater. I mean, I don't eat cheese on anything but pizza and I don't like mayonnaise. I don't like I don't like any kind of white sauces of any kind on stuff. And we got a lot of that in the the, the bubble here, in the early days of quarantine. So uh, that part of it wasn't wasn't terrific. Uh, passing the time actually wasn't all that hard. I mean, I you know you you spend a lot of your day on the phone. You're writing. You're preparing for you know what happens or what's going to happen this week. And you know time just kind of flew by. I mean, I've got basically a TV studio built in here for. You know, between Sports Illustrated and DAZN, which I'm still doing stuff for mm-hmm. during this uh, this period, so I'm you know the, the hours kind of flew by in in a way. It would have been nice to be able to kind of venture out for an hour for an hour rather, maybe hit the pool or do something. But uh, you know, overall, I didn't have a, a bad experience. I mean, the time it, it passed pretty quickly. That's good to hear, and glad you're out and about again. I'm I'm sure that feels great after that experience, and we always appreciate when you can jump on with us, Chris. Thank you very much. You got it anytime. Our friend Chris Mannix from Sports Illustrated. Also, you heard him plug all the other great things uh, that he does as well. As as basically a TV studio set up there in his hotel room. What a a weird, fascinating experience. I wish I were there. Yeah, and and we were talking earlier. I was having a little fun with you about do your job, NBA players. You don't complain about not being able to leave your – well, the media down there have really, until now, as you just heard from Chris, been locked in their rooms. Yeah. Right. They've been in solitary confinement. Now it's a federal prison solitary confinement with a nice king bed or whatever. But still, you go crazy. You'd go a little crazy in a, in a room for that many days just staring at the TV and walls. Well, they have to, you know, have enough time, Austin, to, to sneak into your room and implant the microchip. <laughs> that's, right. you know, that's not included in the little magic band? Or, oh, yeah, I don't know. What, what happens with the media's magic band when you say go somewhere you're not? Is it is it like an electric pulse that basically cripples you until you get onto yes. the right side of the it's, line? It's basically a shock collar that you put on your your dog to train them. There's an invisible fence, and then it it keeps shocking you until it funnels you right to the Mickey Mouse ice cream stand where you right. have to pay eighty five dollars for a bomb pop <laughs> or whatever. And what a, how how beside himself would Gordon Monson be right now to hear that Chris Mannix does not eat cheese? Does not like cheese. He, he would say Chris is, uh, is in, uninvited from the show from now on. Now, hey, I, picky eaters, I get it. I've, I've been, been around a few. But uh, I, I was surprised when he dropped the white sauces line. That is very is that? specific. I mean, okay, that, that applies to, <laughs> to mayonnaise. I get that. There are plenty of people out there who aren't wild about mayonnaise. Horseradish. But, the, but does that apply to, like, Alfredo sauce? Mayonnaise. Or what about, like, sausage gravy? You know, like biscuits and gravy? Oh, like the country gravy? Yeah. Ooh, I love my country gravy. Oh, so good. But I, I was surprised by the, the mention of the color. Yeah. It, it, it must be a, a sight thing. that Because I'm the same way with, like, uh, uh, green onions. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll eat it if it's mixed up with something I can't see the green. But if I see the green, I'm not, You're I'm not, not, I'm not there okay. for it. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm not the pickiest of eaters, but, but I have one weird one. I don't like cheese on sandwiches. I, I like cheese. Oh, you are, I forgot. You are a weirdo. I yeah. like cheese. <laughs> I just don't like cheese on sandwiches. It's Why? A, it's a texture thing. What? Even like if it's melted? Eh, melted is better. 
Really? Yeah. Interesting. But you'll eat a cheese stick. Right. Which is the same texture as but a slice I'm, of but cheese. But I'm eating the cheese alone. I don't like the texture with the, in the sandwich. I can't judge. Sandwich. We just went through this discussion at my house. I, I don't like tomatoes in my stuff. But if you puree the tomatoes, I'd love them. Sure. I, you know what? I'm kind of with you on tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes on sandwiches because I feel like they make the sandwich soggy. Okay. But if you just slice a tomato and put it in front of me, I'll eat it. Interesting. Yeah. Not me. I got to have it pureed and mixed into stuff. Okay. I get it. But we're yeah. all we're all picky in one way or another. I've just I've not heard the cheese thing. Yeah. That's weird. I'm not super into spicy, but my brother... It, in, unless it has half a bottle of, of some sort of hot sauce on it, he's not eating it. Who's the NBA player that brought an entire case of hot sauces? Oh, that's uh, hilarious. Was it Bam out of bio? Was it? That's I really can't remember funny. who it was. No, yeah. people who are into spicy food are into spicy food. I just, I can't do it. Yeah. Like I'm my, my brother went to a, a local uh, hamburger joint that everybody would, would know, but they have a spicy burger challenge kind of thing. And he's sitting there. Sweating bullets. I mean, just pouring off of his face, enjoying the whole thing. No, well, I know I couldn't. I I I don't get it. But some people are super into it. Nope. I can't do it. Nope, me yeah. either. Big Show, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone.